Today is it. I've been longing for this Sunday for a while. <laughs> because I've been struggling with my 12 minor prophets. Let's give a clap. We made it. If you're visiting here, this is it. I, I, I was this Friday sharing with some brothers and sisters, colleagues of, of mine at the American Society for Religion at the, region, at the Regency Hyatt that I was invited by Columbia to go there. Oh, fancy place. And, uh, and, and I was sharing with them this adventure. And, I, and, and very openly, I said, oh, I would never do that again. <laughs> Why? Preach about the 12 minor prophets? Oh, there's 12 books, deception. 12 different prophets, minor, not because they were tiny little people, but because they were actually writing in very short, concise documents. That's why they're called minor prophets. And they all prophesied to the people of Judah and the people of Israel throughout a period of 350 years. We've heard this before. That's why I can say it so quickly. <laughs> this is a summary. Uh, so basically, for 350 years, these prophets were preaching to Judah, to, to Judah and to Israel. Both of them were being confronted with sins of, of unfaithfulness, with sins of idolatry. What I found out was that when the prophets were reclaiming and claiming those sins of idolatry, it wasn't the same idolatry throughout the 350 years. At one time, it was the idolatry of Baal's false gods. At another time, it was in, in Amos' days, it was the idolatry of finances and a good lifestyle. It changed. 350 years, the people heard from the Lord God, repent from your ways and come back to me. Change your ways and come back to me. Repent and I will give you wonderful things. And guess what they did? Same thing that we do today. We don't pay attention to it. Step on toes, starting with mine. Yeah. They didn't pay attention to it. So the Lord made some promises. If you repent, I will get you out. If you don't repent, you will spend 70 years in exile in the land where you will no longer have access to worship, where you no longer will have that intimate relationship with me in the city, in the holy city, Mount of Jerusalem, where the Jordan River refreshes the land. You will no longer have that experience. So they were taken in exile out to the land of Assyria and Babylon, respectively, in history, because this happened through uh, historical things were happening, just like today, in the same place. And amazingly, they come back. Their ancestors come back to the land, and they decide to have fun. They decided to not pay attention to the Lord God again. Wow. How hard-headed. So promises given, promises kept. That, that, you know, throughout all of the, uh, the entire proclamation of the 12 pro prophets, it was the sins of idolatry, the sins of vain and superficial worship, and the sins of injustice to their own people and to foreigners and visitors. Repentance was also claimed throughout the whole prophets. It's not the 180 degree that we clean it here in our American society where we numerically say repentance is a 180 degrees. No, that's not it. Repentance is a period of, of mourning, a period of grieving your own self, a period of, of remorse and a period of, of letting go of what you used to be and adopting a new way of thinking and living through God's Spirit is a process. They were into denials of sins and brokenness. Their self-righteousness and rebellion 
cause their punishment, promises of punishment, promises of redemption, restoration, and rebuilding. But let me tell you, promises made, promises kept. And listen now to and for the word of the Lord as I summarize that chapter. As, as the entire, actually, as in these few verses, these first six verses of the, of the prophet Zechariah, he summarizes the experience of 350 years. He may summarize our experience in life. Listen to and for the word of the Lord. It begins in November. In November of the second year of King Darius' reign, the Lord gave this message to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah and grandson of Edo. I, the Lord, was very angry with your ancestors. Remember. Therefore, say to the people, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Again. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Don't be like your ancestors who would not listen or pay attention when the earlier prophets said to them, This is what the Lord says. They and their prophets are long dead, but everything I said through my servants, the prophets happened to your ancestors. Promises made, promises kept. Just as I said, as a result, they repented and said, we have received what we deserve from the Lord's heaven's armies. He has done as he said he would. The word of the Lord. Promises made, promises kept. And amazingly, they find themselves being reminded that you are making the same sins. You are repeating the same brokenness. You are repeating the same evil that your ancestors are doing. Can I bring it home? We tend to repeat the same heresies. We tend to repeat the same injustices against one another. We tend to repeat idolatry, whether it is of our lifestyle, whether it is of our career, whether it is an idolatry of our need, an idolatry of a system that ultimately will end in destruction. But you see, the, the, the document of Zechariah, Zechariah is fascinating because Zechariah, one of the 12 minor prophets, already by the end... By the end of this time, when, when Malachi, uh, remember Malachi is our Italian prophet, Malachi. He's our Italian prophet. So when, when, when Malachi is preaching, when Zechariah is preaching, the people are back in the land. Remember that, have that in mind. They're back in the land. They are restoring worship. They are restoring their lives. They are rebuilding the city that had been destroyed and desolated for a while. They are restoring their philosophy. They are restoring their music. They are restoring their arts. They are restoring their theology. And yet, yet, they find themselves not satisfied. They find themselves in a situation where God is making one promise and they are listening to another. They actually were not paying attention to when in Micah, 
The Lord God says, In the city of Bethlehem of Zarepta, there will be born a ruler. Already God in Micah is reminding that the salvation is not really the egg coming back to Jerusalem. The salvation is found in Messiah. And it is in Malachi. And it is in all of the 12 prophets that you find Jesus. Listen to this litany as I read how Jesus is found in all the minor prophets. In Hosea, Jesus is found as the faithful husband, even though we may run away. In, in Joel, he is seen as the sender of the spirit and the revival of the people. In Amos, he delivers justice to the oppressed. In Obadiah, Jesus is seen as the judge of those who do evil. In Jonah, he is the great missionary. In Micah, he casts our sin into the depths of the sea, forgets about it. And I add, he puts a no fishing sign right there and then. In Nahum, he proclaims the future world peace. We cannot even imagine. In Habakkuk, he wants to crush injustice against God's people, against one another. In Zephaniah, he presents Jesus as the warrior who will save and conquer. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness who brings healing and restoration to the nations. And in Zechariah, our book, he is found to be the branch of righteousness, the humble king who will restore and bring us up to the great kingdom. He is promised that he's going to be betrayed in chapter 11. He is talked about as mourning for the sins of Jerusalem. Does that remind us? He is also spoken of as the fountain who will clean our sins, as the fountain who will take our sins who are black and will clean them white as snow. He is also described as the slain shepherd who died for the sheep. So they were told Promises made, promises kept. So they waited, and they waited, and they got tired of waiting, and they began to see the idea of Messiah as a real helper. So suddenly, in the 400 years that we don't have in our canon, but it's available to anybody who wants to read, we have the Maccabees, Maccabees Judah, who is going to fight against the, the invading Persian army into Jerusalem. Oh, that's in the book of Maccabees, in, the, in, in what's called the Apocrypha. Look for the story, because God is still showing God's self and God's power to the people of Israel. And it is in that story that we celebrate, that, that we find the great festivity of Shanukah. Is it? No, Hanukkah. <laughs> Hanukkah. Can we all say it? Hanukkah. Doesn't matter how you see it spelled, pronounce it Hanukkah. Very good, yes. That's where the festivities at, where God's kept the light burning, even when they had no oil. Promises made, promises kept. It is during those 400 years that things happen. So that the greatest promises of them all, listen to this, but you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel, whose origin is in the past distance, will come from you on my behalf, says, says the Lord. Our current minor prophet says he sees the branch. And I talked about that. But this is something totally new for the people of Israel. So they were thinking of, 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 a, of, a, of a Messiah in many different ways. Sometimes it was a person. Sometimes it was an army. Sometimes it was a leader. That's why Jesus was seen as a Messiah. Because he was a liberator. Not from our sins. They saw him as a liberator from the evil of the occupying army of Rome. 
That was the original idea. They saw Dave, uh, um, John the Baptist in the same way, but they waited. And they waited. And faithfully they celebrated the festivities that reminded them of the promises, such as the Paschal feast that they enjoy, such as Passover, such as Hanukkah. And they waited year after year. They remember their promises. This week I heard a song, Tiffany. It was an amazing song. It spoke about what if, what if waiting is our sacrifice to receive the blessing of God. Waiting is not bad. And as we enter now into the season of Advent, where we wait and we celebrate the waiting of the Lord Jesus Christ coming, because he is throughout the Old Testament. As we come together, God has then stepped on our foot through the 12 prophets. And sometimes when, when God steps on our foot, our back, and gets our balance off, Remember, preaching 12 weeks of sins is not fun, especially to the listeners. I have to admit that. But as that happens, God in God's amazing providence is now moving us into a period where we are going to remind ourselves of the promises and where we're going to see them fulfilled as love comes down at Christmas. And that's our theme. Beginning next Sunday, as we begin to experience how the love of God is poured out in such a way that we see it in the busiest time of the year, where people have the least time to remember Bethlehem in the midst of Bedlam. Think of what is broken within you. And call on to God because God fixes and puts things together. Don't deny what God has spoken to you throughout these 12 weeks. Embrace the promise of God. For all of God's promises, says Paul, have been fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And they are yes to the believers in Christ. Promises made, promises escaped. Because we have all the promises, dear friends. Let us cleanse ourselves from everything that defiles us. Another version says, let us get the weight that puts us back. Take it away from our body or spirit. And let us work toward complete holiness. Because we fear God. My dear sister, my dear brother. As you gather this week with family members, remember... Promises made, promises kept, and in him all the promises are yes. Amen?